You're listening to Pros Like Us, brought to you by NFL Draft Blitz. And now, without any further ado, here's Alex and Lou. That's right, gang. We are back and better than last week, we hope. Draft keeps getting closer and closer. And yes, we're still on Lamar watch. Uh, We're still on Aaron Rodgers watch. All's quiet on the Western front, as they say. The draft. I mean, that's kind of where the situation is right now. There's a lot of other topics in and around the NFL. We might hit a few of those. But just today, I thought we'd take a look at some teams that we find kind of interesting in their their draft positions. And uh, I know Alex is going to have some thoughts on this stuff as well. And the one that's intriguing to me is because you look at these teams that they're kind of vanilla, if you will, some of these that I picked. but, But Tennessee... The Titans, where are they? Seriously, as a franchise, Alex, I mean, if you had to characterize Tennessee as a franchise right now, in this April 7th, 2023, what are you thinking? What what comes to mind first? Rebuild mode? That's how I look at it. Obviously, they're looking at this division and they want to compete. And they feel like if they ace the draft, then maybe they'll get back on top. But the Jaguars team has improved. They got a real coach. I mean, their quarterback looks like a top five guy in this league already. And he's a young guy that's going to get better. And you need a quarterback. Who do the Titans have? They have Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. I think two players that are just, at this point, over the hill. You can't expect Derrick Henry to continue this run that he's been under. I mean, he's faced some injuries before. He's taken hits. And I just think he is... We have to be realistic. He's on the decline of his career. Ryan Tannehill is not the answer there for the Titans, you know, as as the quarterback of the future. Malik Willis looked terrible during his rookie season. I mean, he needs a lot of development. The only thing that I think Vrabel and company can hope for is that their defense will rise to the occasion and be better than they were last year and can kind of carry the day. But I do think that this team needs to improve the offensive line. And I think that's where it needs to start because in order for them to be successful, they need to address like the left tackle position. I realize that they signed Andre Dillard in free agency, but this guy was a flop with the Eagles at left tackle. And I think he's a much better player if you put him at guard. So when you look at their position at 11, I think the Titans are like in in prime position to get a premier left tackle. And don't forget like, 10 or 12 years ago, they drafted another guy out of Michigan and Taylor Luan with the 11th overall pick who went on to have a very good career before, you know, he was let go this offseason. So I think left tackle, they need to solidify it. There are a few players out there. I'm sure, you know, Paris Johnson might be a name for them because he's an Ohio State product. And, you know, Vrabel used to go to Ohio State. He has a connection there. So that might be... That that's the direction that I would go in because I always like fixing the offensive line and getting players uh, to to play in the trenches. And you need to protect your quarterback, and you still need to open up holes for Derrick Henry. They're one of these franchises that seems like they're stuck in mediocrity. Uh, uh, now, there's just a few years you know removed from playing in the AFC Championship game, and uh, a couple of years away from removed from being the number one overall seed. 
So what, I mean, what, what's going on here? I mean, and then they go, they, they trade, I mean, arguably their best player in AJ Brown. Um, so it, it just seems like, you know, are they all in on, on Malik Willis, who, as you said, you know, obviously needs some, some development. And that was, you know, his very raw rookie. He was being hyped before last year's draft. Oh, either these guys, he might go in the top 10. He's going to go in the first round. And then, I mean, lo and behold, the NFL GMs kind of held their ground and maybe stuck to their evaluation. He ends up in the third round, which is probably where he should have been. So you're sitting there at 11. They've got way too many holes to think that they're one player away. But I don't know. Do, do they know? Do they feel like they know where they're at? And this is the time to tear it all down and kind of start completely over? Or do they feel like, well, if we keep Tannehill here at quarterback, uh, we do add that – Offensive lineman, like you're suggesting, Alex, that, that that's you know kind of going to be the start here. It just seems like they're they're kind of stuck in a in a weird spot. And or do they do they go all in if they really feel like one of these quarterbacks that's available that they could be one of those teams that trades up, trades up to that number three spot. You know, if they're really in love with uh with Richardson or Will Levis and thinking hey if we're going to tear it down let's get the young quarterback now or are you of the school let's build it all up and then we'll get our young quarterback in the future so they, they've got some very interesting decisions to make here but you're thinking at 11 they stand pat and take the best offensive lineman available I do think they have a lot of holes uh, to fill up on their roster they have a new GM there's a reason why they fired John Robinson after like seven seasons because he just didn't build up the roster. You know, he just didn't get that depth. He didn't hit on those first round prospect. Uh, he didn't hit on those first round prospects in the past. And I think that's what they need to do. Now they have a GM who comes from the 49ers tree. The 49ers always kind of build up the trenches under John Lynch. Offensive line, defensive line. I think that's where the Titans are going to go. As far as addressing the quarterback, maybe it's a trade for somebody. But not like a first or a second round pick. Not trading up for uh, an unknown commodity in this draft. You know, giving up everything you have to trade up to get there at number three. That That's what the 49ers did a couple of years ago. And I think maybe it's a lesson when the new GM coming from the 49ers. I just think that if there's a quarterback to be had, it might be, maybe it's like Trey Lance. You know, the 49ers are not going to be asking for a first or a second round pick. So maybe that's a possibility after the draft. Maybe as we get closer into, you know, the, the summer season, training camp, that's a possibility. But I don't think that the Titans can say, okay, we're going all in for this quarterback. We believe he's our future. He's our guy. They just have too many holes. It's not about a quarterback. They need to build up the roster. And I think that's that's the direction that, that they're going to go in. They have a lot of holes to fill. I think in the first round, you go offensive tackle. In the second round, you can address that wide receiver position. There are plenty of wide receivers available on day two, and you can get one. You got rid of A.J. Brown. Now you need to go get 
and, and find another wide receiver on day two as well. All right, so let's go 180 degrees to a team that's got two picks in the first round. Uh, they're coming off a Super Bowl loss. Uh, they're sitting there at 10 and 30. Obviously, we're talking about the Eagles and uh, a GM that obviously is not afraid of making moves, not doesn't shy away from any deal, seems to be it's kind of sniffing around anything that's happening. They're sitting at 10. I suggested you know, last show, I think it was, where this may be like a, a great spot for Bijan Robinson, but they don't they don't tend to go that way in terms of of a running back, or having a superstar running back. But but are his traits, is his ability is is you know they they see Saquon Barkley in their own division, and they see you know kind of what the Giants do with him. Uh, not that they would be going in that same direction because their offense is completely different, but maybe to take some of the wear and tear off of their you know soon to be multi million you know, quarter of a billion dollar quarterback do they go that route and say hey let's let's now maybe change up a little bit it's kind of a luxury pick here we we, we didn't expect to you know to have such a high pick it's number 10 let's let's get arguably the best you know one of the top three players in this draft at number 10 and you know then at 30 we can address some needs but it just seems like that would just be like the perfect scenario, but but does Howie have something else in mind? Maybe maybe a trade up to get to get you know a special elite defensive player because they love you know their their defensive linemen. I don't. That, this is this another another one very interesting to me as far as you know kind of the different ways they can go coming from a position of strength and having a top ten pick. This is going to be really intriguing, and maybe Bijan is the way to go. What do you think? Howie Roseman could like surprise everyone and pick a running back here because Robinson might be, you know, the best player in this draft. I mean, when we look back on it in like three years and people are going to be like, hmm, why didn't we pick this guy top five? He might be. But there's one thing that I know based on Roseman's history. He doesn't draft running backs in the first round. He doesn't draft linebackers in the first round. And those are two positions that he really does need. And Robinson will be an excellent pick here. A team that's coming off a Super Bowl. A team that has a quarterback. That has the weapons outside. They have a tight end. I mean, Robinson would be just an excellent selection there. I just think it's a bit too high. I think if there's a position of need that they would go for, it would be either edge or like defensive lineman or corner. I mean, corner is also a possibility. Even though they brought back Slay and Bradbury, I get it. Now, they were a terrific tandem last year. Don't forget, I think Slay was brought back for only one year. So this is a very loaded draft when it comes to corners. I don't think they will wait till 30. I think they might pull the trigger on the best cornerback, whoever it is, in this draft at 10. I think that's the direction that they would go for because... The Eagles always seem to like stockpile, you know? They always seem to think like a year ahead, like kind of like the Andy Reid days, you know? When you knew that guys were going to hit free agency, so you had to replace them. And I think Roseman has that idea. He, he thinks that way. I mean, he knows what, who he's going to lose next year and who he needs to replace them with. And this is like perfect spot at 10, I think, maybe to go with like Witherspoon from Illinois. I mean, that's a possibility. I think he would be like, he's my number one cornerback on the board. And at 30, you can like, you know, 
but take a, you know, a defensive lineman, a pass rusher, or a defensive tackle. I think that's the way they, they would go, in my opinion. But Robinson would be an excellent selection. I just don't think Roseman is going to go in that direction. Yeah, like I said, I mean, coming from a position of strength, they could, I mean, they really can do anything here. I mean, seriously, I mean, some of these teams, it seems, I don't want to say that they get locked in, but, you know, they don't they don't have their the Eagles are loaded pretty much at, at, at every spot. Like you said, the two older guys, uh, you know, Slay, Bradbury, you know, they didn't extend them long term because, again, you know, you've got this pending contract coming for Jalen Hurts, which I don't think probably is going to get done sometime this summer. You would you would think they're not going to let him play through the next season uh, on that last year of his second. You know, his sec- he was a second round pick. So the four fourth year this is it uh, so anyway this is highly intriguing because you know any team that maybe one of these guys happens to fall and really is in love with them whether it's the edge one of the edge rushers or one of these corners like witherspoon or gonzalez um might be a little rich for joey porter at this point but i think the the consensus at least what you're hearing around you know different circles is witherspoon and gonzalez those are the guys and you might have one above the other uh but but it seems more like there's more witherspoon guys out there than there are gonzalez but i guess the point being is that yes how he's done this with with trades, the trade that he did with Philadelphia, with his swapping of picks, next year's picks. You know, everybody's oh geez, what's he doing? Well, here he is. He's just wheeling, dealing, and 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 making it happen for the Eagles. So yeah, wouldn't be surprising any way he goes. But I, I God, that would just be such. It like you said, looking back, you know, going down the road another year or two and they said jesus how we let the eagles get Bijan robinson right and this is it because the value of the running back you don't want to take them too high because you're probably going to have them for four years but here's a team that's in win now mode that has all these pieces in place and throw him into the mix and now you know makes that offense even more dynamic um now the next one is just uh new england and I guess the only thing that makes them interesting at this point is the fact that Bill Belichick is still there um, and has all these championships, has this obviously resume that's as good as any coach has ever been, maybe the best. Uh, that could be argued, I, I suppose. But since Brady's been gone and maybe that's just coincident, whatever, they haven't really won anything. And at this point, uh, assuming that the Rodgers trade goes through, you got to believe New England's the fourth best team in that division. And it's probably clo- closer if uh, the Jets don't get Rodgers, but you could still make an argument that the Jets are better than them, even without uh, you know, top top flight quarterback. So there's whispers and things earlier this week about perhaps Belichick was shopping Matt Jones. And I, I don't know if that's the case, but it seemed like last year, if you remember back, Alex, it seemed like he was going out of his way to praise Mac Jones. And he never does that to a current player. 
he's always, you know, has reverence for guys that he's coached and hasn't, whatever. You know, now he speaks about how great Brady is, okay, whatever. But he was so over the top on Mac. Like, what's going on here? And then he turns around and gives them two two experimental coaches and judge uh, and Patricia to lead him in his second year that it just completely blows up in his face. They spent a ton of money in free agency a couple of years ago. I don't know that any of those players really hit and they're just, again, kind of sitting there in mediocrity. They don't have a lot of flash. They don't have a lot of, you know, a lot of juice on their offense and they're sitting at 14. I know he loves Lamar Jackson, but you know, is he going to have the stones enough to do something like that? Is Kraft going to sign off on doing something like that? Hey, Bailey Zappi, they're saying the, the locker room was split. You know, maybe we go with Bailey. We do trade Mac. Does Mac have much value? This is this is going to get a little strange if they make a big move or if they kind of just stand pat, do what they normally do, and draft, I don't know, Dalton Kincaid, Mike Mayer, you know, just such a Patriot thing to do is take, take a tight end there. But, you know, those guys are at least very good weapons. Um, so so – long and short of it this long-winded soliloquy i'm doing here new england is just it is fascinating because they are mediocre now the fans everybody expects them to be you know championship or bust and now they're in a completely different place in their history and i don't know if Kraft is going to have a hell of a lot more patience with belichick making these strange decisions at best so have at it what do you think Look, uh, Bill Belichick is the greatest head coach of all time, but he hasn't won since Tom Brady left. And Brady won without him, by the way. So, I mean, we can get, we can spend the entire show whether, you know, Bill can win. But I do think that, can win without Tom Brady. But I do think it's time for Bill to ride off into the sunset, to assume the, the front office role, to become the GM. I just think it's time for maybe like, you know, Mayo to take over. I just think it's time, Lou. I I think the the Patriots team, the way it's built right now, only Tom Brady could win with it. Not Mac Jones, not Bailey Zappi. Okay, so it like they have what fourteen? They're like a fourteen, right? Picking at four, number yep. fourteen. Yep. They have to go wide receiver. I mean, just looking at the roster and who they have. I mean, Kendrick Bourne. I mean. Tyquan Thornton, I mean, Kendra, uh, Smith-Schuster, okay, he's a good player. I mean, they drafted him for the slot. But I think maybe like GSN, I mean, from Ohio State, Smith and Jigba, I mean, that would be a good pickup. He could play outside, he could play in the slot. I mean, they like those guys that can just, you know, do multiple things. They need to find a weapon for Mac Jones before they start, you know, shipping him and, and getting all these wild rumors out there. And I just, I don't get it. Or Bill is going to take the conservative approach and take an offensive lineman. I mean, he's always had success taking offensive linemen in the first round. Even some guys that don't even, uh, even some guys that aren't even projected as first round picks, he drafts them and they become like, you know, all, all pro players, you know, pro bowl type of players. So I would say offensive line, a wide receiver here at 14. Uh, that's, that's the direction that I would go in. But I think, Bill, it's time to move on, you know? 
The good old days, they're behind you now. And you make a great point. I don't think this team right now is a playoff team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think all the teams ahead of them in this division, the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets are better. And I assume that the Jets will get Aaron Rodgers. So well, if they don't if they don't do something really spectacular, I mean, I don't see them winning more than seven games. I agree. with Seriously. You. I mean, I, I just don't I, I'm just not seeing it. I mean, look, I mean, forget about looking at their schedule. Look at their division. I mean, which which one of those teams are they going to be able to beat? Now, again, in the past, you'd say, well, Belichick would he'd be able to figure out some defensive ploys and so forth and take away your 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 knockout punch. And, you know, we'll see if you can beat us with your second or third punch. OK, great. But that was when you had Brady behind the center and really correcting a lot of the you know, kind of the BS that was going going around there and the lack of playmakers that he could get you in the right plays and, and get the ball in the right person's hands. But even that at the end, before he left, even that wasn't going as well. I mean, yeah, they did make the playoffs, but they lose at home to the aforementioned Tennessee Titans. So it just it. it I don't know. I mean, it just seems to me like Kraft might be kind of it's it's wearing on him now. I don't I think he was really not on board with the whole thing that he did with the the offensive coaching staff. Now, he brings back Bill O'Brien, which I think is just a masterful thing at this point. You know, I mean, the Alabama ties to his to his young quarterback, the fact that he'd been there before, that he's had success in the NFL in the past as a head coach, as a coordinator. So maybe that'll make up, you know, some of the deficiencies offensively. But uh, that's yeah, why that's uh, the, the he needs something. He needs something. He needs something to kind of change this narrative around because it just really looks like he's like just the like the the old coach that's just start, starting to lose it. I just think that these rumors about Mac Jones are absolutely preposterous because no that maybe they are but somebody wanted it out there because the the I don't, look during his rookie season when he had a real good offensive coordinator who i'm not gonna name just because i i don't like him but he is a good offensive coordinator that josh was able mcdaniel to, I'll, I'll say his name go ahead josh mcdaniels yeah. he was able to develop mac jones and get the best out of him last year was a mess joe judge matt patricia are you kidding me absolutely special teams coach no defensive coordinator i mean what the hell is that so now they Horrible bring in, decision now they bring in an offensive coordinator that was able to help with the development of tom brady that is known to develop quarterbacks that was able to help deshaun watson become a good quarterback in this league he had success you know with the houston texans as a head coach he led them into the playoffs don't you want to see what Mac Jones can do with Bill O'Brien before you pull the trigger? Unless you're thinking that he's going to fall flat on his face and you want to kind of, you know, get some trade value before everybody realizes that Mac Jones can't play in this league. But he proved during his rookie season that at least he is, you know, like an above average starter. And that's better well, yeah. than what well, they have the, right the, now. The strange part of it was, like I was saying, as far as the oh, how much praise he was like overly heaping on mac going into last year this offseason he's just really downplaying that well you know it's con you know it's open competition yeah mac's proven that he can he can be a starter in this league there was not hey mac is our starter we, you know we we've gotten the new 
new offensive coordinator. We're, we're really believing Matt, you know, whatever. I mean, whatever you say about your first team quarterback, but it was, you know, Bill being Bill. So I, you know, God, I mean, Mac, I mean, supposedly he's called you know, during the season, he's calling back down to Alabama to, to get help to, to kind of figure out what they needed to do offensively. It's just an abject failure at, on Belichick's part. And maybe again, He's just so wanting to have familiarity around him that he's not, I guess, uh, embracing the change in offensive styles in the NFL. And he's just kind of, you know, hold on to people that I know and, and so forth. And they've been able to hold on to Jared Mayo, which has been a hot name, you know, among coaching staffs over the last couple of years he pulled his name out a couple of times you know as far as uh head coaching positions so he he's i think he's the guy it wasn't going to be josh mcdaniels because obviously he's he's made his move to the raiders which i know you were really high on but as far as you know they know they're what they're doing future wise it's just they don't know how to break up and it's almost like rogers and the packers maybe i don't know if Kraft just doesn't have the stones to just say okay bill just quit don't make me fire you resign you know just say you're retired or whatever but anyway we'll we'll see how that goes but yeah pick number 14 again i thought we just would be very interesting with these whispers probably not really founded in terms of belichick shopping him but it really sounds like if somebody were to call they would certainly listen so and maybe they should. Who knows? All right. So another team with two picks in the top 20 this time. You've got the Lions, who's everybody's darling. We we, we talked about them kind of up and coming last year, uh, going into the season, all the you know cute stuff that was happening on Hard Knocks and just Dan Campbell and just the, the charisma and the assistant coaches and the players. And Jesus, they've really built this thing into something decent. They kind of hit the skids in the middle of the year, but once they got things rolling and got kind of found their identity, they won a lot of games down the stretch. It could have been a kind of a playoff game for them if things would have went a different way uh, earlier in the day. But, hey, they went into Green Bay. They knew they were out of the playoffs, and they put it on uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. So it's, I guess, doesn't take a genius to say, well, if Rodgers is out of that, that division – why not Detroit? Plus, they've got a number six pick and the 18th pick. They've got a very strong offense. They can score with anybody. Jamison Williams is coming on. It looked like he was starting to come on at the end of the year, was getting some action, but they didn't want to rush him too much. Okay, so he should be you know, a great addition to that offense. Uh, but now you've got expectations. Are they sold on Jared Goff? Uh, they're probably expecting not to have a top 10 pick any, you know, anytime soon, but they're sitting there at six. What are they going to add to their team? I mean, do they, they've got a pretty decent offensive line. They could use some, some more uh, depth in the defensive backfield. They added some free agents in that. So maybe they're feeling pretty good there. Is this the place where, again, you have this luxury pick where maybe you say, Let's take our quarterback of the, of the next couple of years. We'll let Goff kind of run this thing for another year. But, hey, let's, move, let's, let's go up and grab our guy. What do you think? No. And it's not because I'm a big fan of Jared Goff. I just think the problem for the Lions this year was the defense. 
And that's it. They played a little bit better at the end of the year, like the last month and a half of the season. But I think they need to fix the defense. I realized that they drafted Hutchinson last year at number two. Why not go with another defensive lineman here? Whoever falls to them. Maybe it's Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech. I know you like him. I know you love his wingspan. You love his athleticism. He's a big guy. He would be a great edge player. And you can like, you know, he's versatile enough. You can move him around. He can play defensive end or defensive tackle on that scheme. And then at 18, I would go corner. I mean, a cornerback. Now, that would be maybe like Joey Porter Jr. at 18 would be like a solid pick there. I think that's the direction that they should go in because they need to fix that defense. They need to get better. They need to get more depth. They need to stop people, okay? I mean, their offense wasn't the problem. They can score, all right? And they, they ran the ball and they threw the ball all over the yard. So I would say defense, defense, and defense. And I think Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes realized that as well. Well, James Houston was one guy we were talking about going into last year that might, you know, HBCU kid, a ton of sacks, ton of production since, you know, Dion took over the program there. Looked like it. And when he played, he was very productive. Now, again, it may just be the fact that he was playing, you know, on the other side of Hutchinson. Who knows where he is? But absolutely, if that's the if that's the goal is let's take more uh more talent on the defensive side of the ball. Is this a place if he drops with what's happening with Jalen Carter? How about that? No. At number six, if he fall, if he falls out of there and the only thing that you're worried about is his court case. But you know, if they can get that straightened out, is this a spot where you kind of swing for the fence? Cause our, our, Arguably, this guy was one of the top two or three players in this draft, and he still may be. Uh, but, you know, these things affect people different ways. You know, all, all of a sudden, you know, he's a, he, he gets, I guess, arrested or he pleaded no contest. We'll see if, you know, what comes out of that. But maybe this is weighing on him a little bit, didn't perform that well at his pro day, and perhaps – the team like the Lions that can maybe afford to kind of take this swing at this point, why not? That's too rich for me with the top 10 pick. And I don't think Dan Campbell would go in that direction. He's trying to build something special there. He's trying to like get guys in there that have great character. This guy's got off the field issues. It's a bit too iffy. If Carter falls to 18, you certainly think about it. Okay, when a, a player like that drops of that stature, like a top five projected pick falls all the way to 18. Yeah, you definitely think about it. With the top 10 pick, that's too damn rich for me to take Jalen Carter. I wouldn't do it. I don't think Campbell in that front office would do it. Drew Rosenhaus, he came out and said he's not taking any visits outside of the top 10. All right, so maybe this is his agent, you know, some gamesmanship and so forth. We're just going to take visits from teams in the top 10. And again, I don't know if he's will putting this to uh, existence or speaking it into existence, but I think he's been around the block enough to know or kind of gauge the NFL market. I'm going to trust him in this case and say that Jalen Carter is going to go in the top 10. It's really just a matter of where. And again, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if he ends up at number three to Arizona because 
I don't know what's going on in that organization, but they'd be like, it just seems so fitting to me that he would end up there. But let's just say he doesn't, and he does slip a little bit. And you're sitting there, Detroit, you're not, if you've decided, hey, we're not going to take a quarterback, we didn't, we're not in love with any of these quarterbacks, we're going to stick at six, we're going to take the best player that falls to us. And if Jalen Carter is sitting there, I think they've, they've got a legitimate argument to say wait a second this kid you know coming into this process outside of the quarterbacks was talking about it you know as the number one player maybe number two so maybe they take a shot here i honestly but again i i honestly i don't know if outside of this if this one this incident now again it was a terrible incident i don't know that they've proven that he whatever his actions were led directly to these two kids losing their lives which is awful uh he was involved Stetson Bennett was questioned in the same celebration, if you would. He really wasn't too forthcoming with the police. Maybe he was a little fast and loose with the truth. I don't know if we're questioning his character completely here either. So, again, I don't want to minimize the incident, but if that, but if this is the only character issue that you have and everything else, again, I haven't done the research yet. I haven't been with the player. I haven't, you know, researched his background fully, but this is kind of what, what is out there. So maybe, again, if you're in this kind of mode where you're kind of, you know, two, one or two starters away, and really good starters away from taking over this division, maybe this is a this is worth a swing. No way the Lions take Jalen Carter with that sixth overall pick. Again, he's just not that type of character player. The one team that can take a swing is the Eagles at 10. Why not? They like to draft defensive linemen. They can bring in Carter into that locker room. They've got great guys they there, like, and they can mold They it. like themselves some Georgia Bulldogs, too. Well, there you go. So it's like, you know, Howie Roseman loves, you know, those players. But I get the feeling that Carter is going to slip outside of the top 10, regardless what Drew Rosenhaus thinks. I think it might be one of those Warren Sapp type of situations. I mean, Sapp was one of the best so players if, in that so if you're So if you're Detroit and you're sitting there at six, you're thinking you're more of an edge rusher, another edge rusher to throw into this mix? Uh, or are you looking inside? Because I don't, I don't know if there's – I mean, outside of Jalen Carter, is there another inside player that would be worth that high a pick? No. I'm thinking that you take the best player available on your board. And I think it's at that point, it's going to be an edge player. And I think Tyree Wilson is going to be that guy after having a, a great you know season uh, in college this year. Yes, you make a good point that you have Hutchinson, you have Houston who came on and played well. But you can never have enough defensive linemen. I don't care whether it's inside or outside. You know, I can put all three outside. Hutchinson also played inside, outside, so he has that ability. They can do the same thing with Tyree Wilson in that scheme. I would say cornerback at six is just too high, too rich for me. I like Devin Weatherspoon, but at six, I don't know. He just doesn't fit the profile of a Jalen Ramsey type of player. So I'm saying edge player, and then at 18, you come back and you take a cornerback. Or, you know, maybe, you know, another wide receiver to give Jared Goff some help. I mean, that could be a possibility if somebody dropped. How about Hendon Hooker at 18? 
He's a guy that, okay, he's coming off the injury. You're just like, you're pushing for Hendon Hooker to go in the first round. I think he's 20, 25 years old. So, again, that cuts two ways. Very mature guy or, geez, we have a limited runway here with him developing and, you know, really coming into his own. How old is he going to be? When's that second contract? You know, all, the, all, those, all those questions. But that's a name that's – Again, he's out there, and I think that's kind of where it's maybe it starts for him, maybe from 18, somewhere between 18 and 31. Now, obviously, you know, at the bottom, somebody might be trading up out of the second round at the bottom of the first. Maybe, you know, the Chiefs trade out or uh, the Eagles trade out of their 30th pick or, you know, maybe Cincinnati trades out of 20, whatever. But now this is going way back and, you know, there's probably a handful of listeners that would even get this. But as soon as I saw him play, I immediately, it just it pops in my mind, that's Doug Williams. That is Doug Williams, man. The way, the way he stands tall in the pocket, the throwing motion, the mobility, but not, you know, a re, not a bona fide runner, but definitely has some mobility. Uh, wow. I just, he's just, he's just a kid that I think is going to do it and, uh, do it at a high level. I just, I, I really like him as a player. You're not the only one. There are, you know, some draft experts out there that are also in love with hooker. I could make a case with hooker being, uh, you know, a pick at the end of the first round, but because of the injury, I just don't think anybody is going to pull the trigger there. He's more of a day two pick, you know, second round, probably even third round pick. It's just, it's too rich, Lou. Too rich when a guy is coming off a serious injury and he's 25 years old. And then before that, he was an inconsistent quarterback, all right? He played at Virginia Tech. Then he transferred to Tennessee, which is a very friendly QB system. Plays with Josh Heupel there, okay? He's had a lot of great quarterbacks, you know, in his heyday out there before Tennessee. Those things worry me. And the injury probably plays the biggest part here. You want to take a player in the first round that is healthy, okay? Unless, you know, you you believe that this guy is going to be an all-pro, then you pull the trigger. To me, it's a day-two pick. So I'm not buying this fact that anybody else outside of the, the top four quarterbacks is going to get drafted in the first round. All right, here we go. Another team that could be taking one of those four quarterbacks, a team with two picks, again, parlaying the trade of Russell Wilson. And, I mean, to to this point, I don't know that Seattle could have scripted this any better in terms of the haul that they got, how they utilized, you know, a bunch of picks last year, what they did in the draft. Now, all of a sudden, they're sitting there because Russell had such a horrible year in Denver and just the team just was – they're sitting there at number five and number 20. Schneider loves to – stockpile picks but again the added capital kind of you know taking that howie roseman approach here is this kind of a swing for the fences type thing too with that top five pick do we maybe move up to like number three and get that quarterback if they really love one of them one of them Last year, I mean, they, I mean, the two starting offensive tackles, Kenneth Walker Jr., and then they did back it up with Tariq Woolen and Kobe Bryant as defensive backs. They hit some home runs. That was great. Geno played the best football of his life, and I don't know that he's ever going to hit that again. So the short-term deal with him, they may say that it's three years, but 
uh, believe me, it's kind of a one-year deal and then we'll see type thing. So is this somewhere where, you know, if they've fallen in love with Anthony Richardson, do they jump up to number three to guarantee that they get him? Well, I'll tell you one thing. If Richardson falls past the Colts, the Seahawks will draft him. But I have huge question marks, but Richardson will get past that number four spot. So I think Seattle will take a quarterback at five if Richardson falls. I don't think they'll make that move to number three, and especially Arizona. How crazy is Arizona to trade with the Seahawks? Huh? I mean, they play in the same division. Do you really want to do a favor to the Seahawks and to Pete Carroll to get them that franchise quarterback for the next 10 years? I mean, if Richardson is going to be like the next Cam Newton, that's pretty damn good. And I don't think Arizona is trading with the Seahawks. From Seattle's standpoint, it would make sense to try to get that quarterback now, right? Because I don't, even they got to believe that Geno is not going to duplicate what he did last year. I mean, it's just that there's no precedent for it. Uh, even if he does, they need to develop somebody. And I don't know that Drew Locke is the guy. Arizona shouldn't make that deal, especially with this new regime coming in. I guess just the question is for Seattle at this point, if say those quarterbacks are now gone and you're sitting there at five, what's the move? You take the best defensive player available. That's it. Whoever it is, I mean, on their board, whether it's Will Anderson from Alabama or Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech, or maybe the Seahawks like to always surprise people and they always like to Jalen Carter. This is this this is the spot for Jalen Carter, isn't it? Jalen Carter is not getting drafted in the top ten. I'll continue this. It's just like the Seahawks aren't trading with the Arizona Cardinals. Okay, I'm just. There's a much greater chance that Seattle takes Jalen Carter than Arizona making a deal with the with the Cardinals, and that would just you know, I, yeah, it makes sense. You're not you're not going to make that move, but I guess just just theoretically, let's say it was a different team that they they might entertain making that move because. They're not planning on being here again. But again, the bottom line is you have to love one of those quarterbacks. And you got to love probably three of them because one and two, there's a really, really good chance that are both going to be quarterbacks. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be CJ. So it's just unfortunate for them. I guess that Arizona has the picks, which, oh, by the way, they're like battling with the Washington football outfit to be like one of the worst franchises or the worst franchises in the league. It's like, you know, they, they're seeing everything that's going on in, in Washington and Bidwell's like, no way, man, hold my beer. And all of a sudden, I mean, the stuff with Kyler Murray now, I mean, there's kind of information coming, or at least people that were in the organization that aren't making allegations that, that perhaps Kime and Bidwell were using burner phones while Kime was suspended to kind of conduct business and just all this stuff. Like, what are you doing? What's going on here? So I, Kyler Murray is, is absolutely, I mean, you can take whatever you think about Kyler, but he, this, he couldn't be in a worse situation on that team because there's like everybody's getting out. There's nothing there except him. And I don't know that he really is a guy that's going to be like the sole leader. I think he could be a leader on a team, but you better have about five or six other guys too. But I digress. There's one guy that's enjoying the whole thing. That's Cliff Kingsbury somewhere in Thailand, you know? 
Yeah, he's enjoying that he's, he's out. still there. He didn't get a head he coaching job a, or a coordinator he job. took off right after the season. I thought sneaky thinking him, uh, but again, I mean, he's, he was a head coach to come and, you know, be be one of the quarterback coaches in Kansas City. I thought that would be a, a natural, he and Patrick reuniting. He's probably looking to get back into college, you know, being yeah, an offensive yeah. coordinator. Well, that or just as a head coach somewhere. I mean, that's, you know, so I, I don't know if he gets another shot right away as a head coach in the NFL. Didn't really go that smoothly in Arizona. But, yeah, I mean, more than likely college, absolutely. Let's, let's give him another chance, even though he didn't do that well at Texas Tech. All right, so Baltimore sitting at 22. And just the question that's on everybody's mind is who's your quarterback? Now, we talked about this, you know, for months, and so is everybody else. So we're not going to go too far into the Lamar piece. But what are some of your options here? Because if that ship has sailed and somehow they're going to make the divorce from Lamar, is it a sign and trade with somebody, whatever? You're sitting at 22. Hell, you could have won a playoff game with with Snoop Huntley if that quarterback sneak goes a different way what do you do how about this i mean just as a, as a leader somebody that's going to be like galvanizing or that maybe can replace some of the, the charisma that uh, lamar has how about cam newton making a comeback in baltimore oh no that's like the worst idea ever <laughs> I thought, you know, you've thrown out some some wild ideas here with Jalen Carter and the trade with the Arizona Cardinals. Hey, this is the worst a, one. He's a great this, he's this a is... great he's a great leader. They've won, you know, some games. Not that they're gonna be great. I mean, obviously they have to get a, a quarterback of the future if Lamar's out of the picture with one of those first round picks that they get if they do a sign and trade, you would think they're gonna get at least two first round picks, the price of you know not matching an offer sheet. And maybe it's the 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 Colts. So they're sitting there at four, but they want to line up with somebody this year. Why not Cam? I mean, Cam can't throw anymore. He's not a quarterback in this league anymore. I, I realized that he had, you know, a workout at Auburn's Pro Day. I get it. He's trying to attract attention. But I think the way we're heading right now, I think the Ravens would be better off with Huntley as their starting quarterback going into next year than bringing in Cam Newton. I don't think they re I don't think they signed him back yet. I think they will. I mean, just because he's familiar with the Maybe, system. Yeah, we'll see. See, and they're, they're probably waiting to see what happens with Lamar and, and the draft and, and what happens. I mean, he's kind of stuck in that spot with a lot of these other veteran free agents that, you know, hell, after the draft, your team see what where they filled and whatever. And then maybe you'll start to see some of these names, you know, get snatched up. And they may even have like a sort of a gentleman's agreement right now, like after the draft. Hey, you know, we're going to sign you for one year, four million, whatever the hell the number is. And, and they bring him back. But just as devil's advocate, if they if for some reason Huntley signs with somebody else, hey, you know, Cam's out there. I think they need to go corner, the Ravens. I mean, they, they've always, like, missed on those wide receivers that they take in the first round. I think wide receiver is, like, a very uh, consensus type of pick for the Ravens with that 22nd overall pick. Give, you know, Lamar Jackson, whatever quarterback, some help. But I would go corner. The Ravens were ranked like 26th in passing yards allowed last season. I just think they need to bring in a corner that can help them out. According to Slay, they had a deal with him before he decided to go back to Philadelphia. 
he like said said his goodbyes to Philadelphia, the whole thing, and supposedly they, they were after him. So yes, I mean obviously corners a place that they want to go. I think corner a wide receiver at twenty two, and uh, obviously a lot of it is going to depend on what happens with Lamar Jackson because I feel like if they do trade him, I think they will get a first round pick, and therefore. You know, using that 22nd overall pick and whichever first round pick they get in return for Lamar, they can, you know, maneuver and get into the top 10 and and draft possibly that quarterback out there. Yeah, I guess the only one and one that would make sense is I, I think is the Colts. If they Stroud and Young go one, one, two, and they're not sold on, on Levis or Richardson, you would think a bit. But again, now you're talking about, you know, having to play offense a certain way. Is the team built for that, you know, as currently constructed brand new coach, which, you know, kind of bodes well. You want to bring in a, a new guy, mobile guys, you know, used to having Jalen Hurts. So let's, let's let's put somebody mobile behind him. But then again, I guess you can make, make the same case for Anthony Richardson. But, you know, they're not on the same level. Not, I'm not saying that, but just as far as an athlete goes, if he's has all these trade that hell if we can develop him this guy turns into a superstar in the nfl now you got something and you don't have to pay whatever 180 or 200 or 250 million guaranteed uh to see if he's going to work out in your system so yeah that's just that whole situation is just so so strange um all right a little bit of a lightning round here before we get out Shad Khan, owner of Jacksonville, in a in an interview or podcast, whatever he uh, induced. I don't I don't know where this came from. I'm sure, it's from a movie. It's just a line that you hear on a regular basis, cliche, whatever. Says that they cracked the code, and I know this is going to be near and dear to your heart, Alex, because the code being quarterback, coach. And here, your favorite guy, the GM, Shad Khan. They cracked the code, including their GM. Well, they, Alex, you have the floor. They certainly got the quarterback and the coach part right. And I'm sure they might get into the Super Bowl in the next couple of years. But the GM, it remains to be seen. Uh, I'd like to see him build up that roster. Wow, a little that's, more. You, you are softening a bit there. I, I fully expected you to go, you know, kind of the Jalen Carter route here. They had success. They had success this year. They won the division. Nobody saw that coming. And yeah, the, the credit should go to the coach and the quarterback first. And I want to see what the GM is going to do, you know, in the offseason, because this is an important draft for him. They need to get some more pieces, some more players especially on the defensive side of the ball. And uh, I think they need to build that part. So we'll find out what he is, uh, what he's capable of. All right. Per normal, we'll go to the Kansas City Chiefs portion of the show. Uh, Tyree Kill speaking with a couple of ex-Chiefs on a radio show in Kansas City. Uh, just they play there. They, the, the Dolphins play in Kansas City this year. So and they, and you know, Anthony Sherman, Garrett Dieter doing the interview. So I'm sure he was kind of in his bag and just talking about throwing the deuces in Arrowhead against the Chiefs this season and just, you know, Tyreek and Tyreek. But one of the things that he also said was he, and again, I take this with a grain of salt, plans to retire at the end of this current deal that he has that's saying that he wants to get into the business end of things or there's music, 
fashion, everything that he's kind of has an interest in now. But, you know, maybe maybe retiring kind of at the top of his game, you know, a la Calvin Johnson and, and some others, Barry Sanders, people like that. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, that's like another just playing another two years. And I think he'd be like 31, 30, 31. Well, he has a right to do that. I mean, we always feel like players need to stick it out for like 15 years. And, and they need to walk away from the game when they're like on their last legs. Tyreek Hill doesn't want to do that. So he's got other aspirations. Why not? I mean, th these guys are making a, a lot of money, a lot of money. And they want to pursue. I mean, they realize that they have another 30 years to do something with their life, whether it's music or business or whatever. And they need to develop that. Football is only part of their life. And, and that's it. So I don't have a problem with that, Lou. I don't. Well, he's got his he's got it. I mean, obviously getting into the entertainment side when he started his own podcast. I, you haven't heard much of it lately because most of it's centered around, uh, you know, kind of comparing to and, and Patrick. So, they, you know, he was getting a lot of run from that and just all the speed that they have there versus what they care. But he talks a lot about Kansas City and the Chiefs, which I guess, you know, that they, they drafted him and so forth. But it seems like he talks a hell of a lot more about them than he does his own team. But uh, I'm all about Ty. I love Tyreek. I don't care what he says about, you know, anything bad against the Chiefs. It's all hype, and he just wants to draw more attention. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, I mean, if he does, that's great. And I think a lot of players are, are seeing as uh, using their celebrity to make a hell of a lot more money not playing uh, than playing till they're very, I guess, old or all of a sudden you start getting injured. If Tyreek, at some point, you know, you would think he'd lose a step, but maybe he doesn't. But, you know, without the speed, then is he still the same player? Bottom line is, you know, if he kind of stays on this trajectory and his agent, that, you know, we talked about him earlier, Drew Rosenhaus, that sounds like somebody that you like. Uh, yeah, he'll, he'll, get it, he'll get him into some, some good deals and he'll, uh, he'll just own South Beach and uh, just be living his best life. Okay, you mentioned Trey uh, Lance earlier in the show and something that I had seen. Uh, and, you know, last year famously uh, – Patrick Mahomes brought all his new receivers, uh, current receivers and so forth down to Texas. And they did kind of like a mini mini camp installing stuff and whatever. Well, this is just some throwing sessions. He's working out and he's down there in Texas with Sky Moore and MVS. And they're talking to Justin Ross is there. Uh, a couple practice squad guys, Jerry and Ely, who wasn't able to play last year, but I think he figures into things this year. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset played a little bit last year, but again, somebody that they like. But another quarterback is there, Trey Lance, throwing with these guys and so forth. San Francisco fan, you talked about Trey Lance and what's happening there with their quarterbacks and they can't stay healthy. He doesn't get to play. What do you make of Trey being down there with these guys? It, it, it will only work out for Trey. I mean, in that regard, he's working with Patrick Mahomes. He can, you know, shorten his delivery and, and work on his mechanics and, and just see how one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game how he does things. So this is only a positive for Trey. But I do think the story with Trey and the 49ers, it's over. I just think it's, that's it. Wow. Okay. I do. I, I just, I don't see it, you know. I know they gave up a lot for him. And you can, 
You can sit in a corner and cry that you gave up so much. But if you found your quarterback as Mr. Irrelevant in the draft, then you roll with him. And then you still have Sam Darnold as your so-called veteran. He fits that system as well. So I think it's Purdy and Darnold moving forward. I think Trey Lance is going to be on a trading block this summer. And I, I, I think the 49ers are going to be happy to cat, uh, cut loose because you're never going to be able to regain those first round picks or even a first round pick. You'd be happy to get like maybe one day two pick, maybe a one day three pick for a team that still believes that Trey Lance could be a very good quarterback moving forward. I just think the story with the 49ers and Trey Lance is over as far as I'm concerned. Well, as far as Trey, just him personally, I think this is this makes all the sense in the world for for him to to seek out uh, an opportunity to work with arguably the best quarterback in the league right now, arguably you know one of the best ever. You, know, you can wherever you land on, on Patrick, but right now, I think this shows a lot about the kid Trey Lance, and he, he understands where he is in his career. This is probably. This is going to be the most important uh, off-season, spring, summer, whatever, OTAs, camp, all of that, because one, Purdy's injured. He's not going to be able to really participate in a lot of the real – I don't know if any of the off-season stuff at this point. He may not even make it you know, to the first day of camp. So Trey's got to kind of seize this opportunity, and he's looking for every edge possible – everything that he needs to work on his game. So I think this is this is outstanding. It would I'm sure at some point he'll grab his own receivers and do something similar, but just to kind of see how I guess I guess one of the most successful off-season plans ever that went on last year uh, with Patrick and his guys, how that's going this year because you got basically uh, a bunch of rookies and MVS. So I think this is this is a good move for Trey. And yeah, I mean, if they feel that Purdy's the guy, but he can't really participate for a while, this is Trey's opportunity to kind of get himself back in their good graces, but not good graces, but just kind of show them the type of player that he can be. And if he said that it's true that they would consider moving him, that he wants to be kind of in his best shape, best opportunity, and just mind space as well to show him that he's kind of shored up some of those shortcomings in his game. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I thought it was a pretty cool thing when I read it and uh, thought I'd, I'd throw it by you there, Alex. What do you think? Well, I'm I'm glad that you brought up those uh, you know those those points at the end of the show and. It was fun to kind of kick it around with you. And, uh, you know, I, I gave you a hard time about Jalen Carter and, and the Cardinals trade. And, you know, you, you kind of bounced back in my eyes, Lou. It, it's all part of the master plan, Alex. I, I just come up with name, lightning rod names that I know will get your juices flowing. So here, let's, let's just put it at pr- production value. But I do think I do think those guys have an opportunity to go in those, those spaces. But hey, you're, everybody's entitled to their opinion, and that's what our show is all about, man. So that is going to do it for us this week on Pros Like Us. Uh, again, we're zooming towards the draft. We're like everybody else sitting here on pins and needles waiting to see when this uh, Rogers deal finally gets closed. 
uh, may not happen until the Jets are on the clock in the second round, but uh, who knows? And then as far as uh, Lamar, I that's just that's it just gone beyond strange and uncomfortable, awkward, everything that you want to say about it. So uh, we're here for whatever happens. So for my pal Alex, I'm Lou on the way out. Peace.